episode of fantasy football with combo my name is ja hey it's dugo over here appreciate you tapping in with your head tops we love you guys thank you for tapping into another episode uh as you know these last couple of weeks me and dugo have been talking about the nfl combine and how these fantasy prospects fared uh you know during that time and so this week we're going to start digging a little bit deeper into some of these rookies into their draft profiles um and into i guess you know what can you expect from them moving forward and so this week we got a jam-packed episode. We're going to be talking about guys like Devin A. Chain, Zach Charbonnet, Jordan Addison, and Quentin Johnston. And we're actually going to be ranking uh, other guys like Sean Tucker, Kendra Miller, and Tank Bixby. Uh, so if you haven't done it already, make sure you follow below. And uh, Dugo, how you feeling, man? Yo, I'm feeling really good. I really like these kids more and more as I keep watching their film. I mean, there's definitely some guys that are falling lower on my board, I'll say. But, I mean, there's definitely some kids that are definitely solidifying themselves. Like, I'm, like Kendra Miller, for example. Like, I'm falling more and more in love with that kid. I mean, when you look at the body type, it's pretty much exactly what you want. I mean, yeah. 220, so he's built for impact. He's mm-hmm. fast. I mean, he, he has that breakaway speed that you want. I mean, it's interesting, man. And the biggest thing that kind of, like, the thing that comes into my head, I mean, I know it's probably not true, but... I mean, Zach Evans was at TCU up until this year. So, in my opinion, I feel like he damn near scared him away. So, wow. You, know, you say he bullied him out of TCU? I think so. A little bit, dog. A little bit. Damn. I think that he knew that, hey, there's this Kendra Miller guy that's coming up the ranks a little bit. And he's going to have the starting spot. So, he went elsewhere. And, I mean, when you look at him, dog, like he can catch balls. He can run through the sticks. I mean, he can run outside as well. You, whatever you want from him, you can do it for you. Like, I don't know, bro. I'm really, really uh, impressed by I'm him. him yeah. uh, do you have what? What are your thoughts on Kendra Miller? Just offer it. Yo, I fuck with Kendra. I think he's a dog. He's a guy that I think has a bright future, and uh, we'll kind of do more of a deep dive into what we think his future can be uh, moving forward later into the episode. But do go. I want to talk about free agency this week, man. We got some more moves. Hey, dude, we had a lot of activity this week. We had Darren Waller get traded from the Las Vegas Raiders yep. to the New York Football Giants. Wow. So, I mean, the Giants made a couple other acquisitions as well as far as wide receivers, which I think is pretty lit. Yep. But if you ask me, I think that Daniel Jones's number one weapon is probably going to be Darren Waller. Wall dog. I mean, dude, when you look at his body type, I mean, he's an alpha receiver in, in a tight end body. I mean, he can go up and get any ball that you want. He can go through the middle. He can do whatever. Mm-hmm. His only tick is that he gets injured pretty much every fucking season. So, for reference, last year, Darren Waller only played 9 out of 17 games. And the year before that, I think he also was hit up a little bit as well, wasn't he? He played 11 out of 17 games the year before. So, you're talking about this guy missing a total of somewhere around, like, 14 games in the last season? Damn near. That's a lot, bro. It is. And, I mean, that could mean that, you know, his injury spell might be over and hopefully he can come back. Maybe, you know, maybe the new training team is able Mm -hmm. to get him better rehabbed and, you know, make sure that all the, you know, whatever's going on with him is, you know, chilling. So, that'd be cool. But, I mean, don't hold your breath, but, I mean... 
At the same time, though, if you have Darren Waller in, like, a dynasty league or something, I think that you should be looking for a higher upside. Yeah, you should. Um, If you want to trade him, I'd be looking for maybe a higher cap than what he was on, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Dugo, let me ask you this. What's around the realm of rookie pick that you'd be willing to give up for a guy like Darren Waller? I mean, if it was me, I'd probably be saying somewhere around, like, that mid-second range. So, like, maybe a 2-5, 2-6 for Darren Waller. Around that, yeah. I mean, depending on, like, let's say, like, it's a, a, like a lower, like, let's say, like, it's, like, a mid-third or something like that. And then, like, mm-hmm. they give you, like, another prospect. Like, that could be worth it. But, I mean, you also have to be thinking about your dynasty leagues is who are you going to be cutting? Is the person that you're going to acquire in that trade for a lesser pick going to be someone you're going to cut anyways? Yeah. So, just, yeah, what I would do is something around, like, a mid-second. For me, it's probably a third. You think so? Because in the second, I think this year you can go out and get guys who have high upside, especially even that running back. For so sure. we're talking like a Sean Tucker. We're yeah, but, I mean, you can't, you, can't tra- you can't put a running back in your tight end slot. No, no. I'm talking about for the overall realm of your team. You 100%. can go get your a nice running back, right? But for let's a thirty say, year old tight end, give me. I'm, I want to keep my second round pick. No doubt. I mean, but if you're just a tight end away, I mean, that could be someone that I think could be uh, someone who push you over the edge if you're looking for yeah. a tight end. I really do. It's situational, right? It's situational. What do I think he's going to be in New York? I think obviously he's probably still going to be a top ten tight end because yeah. the tight end class is so just top heavy. Right. Uh, so there's not as much depth. If I'm choosing between guys like Darren Waller um, and maybe younger tight ends coming up the ranks like a Greg Dolchich, mm-hmm. give me Greg Dolchich. You think so? If I'm in the Dynasty League. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's a longer hold play, but I mean, it all is dependent on what your team is at now. Like, if yeah. you are a team that's building, 100%, probably go with Dolchich. But if it, like I said, if you are on like the cusp of a championship and your tight end last year was some piece of shit and you need someone who can get you around eight to ten points a game at least, yep. then I think Darren Waller could be someone. That's all I'm saying on that. Speaking of tight ends, actually, Mike Gusecki uh, was another tight end who landed on a new team. Yeah, dude, he went to the Patriots. He went to he? the Patriots with Jeez. other guys like Juju and James Robinson. And there's also Hunter Henry there as well. Exactly. That offense is looking completely different. And so with that new acquisition to the Patriots, you know, their offense is going to shift a little bit. That may affect some of the guys you have on the Patriots roster as far as fantasy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to Mike Gusecki, I mean, do you still have him as a top 10 tight end? Not really. I mean, when I look at the rest of the league, I just feel like right now there's more people who could fill in. Um, do I think he could be a top 20? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, Mike Kosecki, like I said, has Hunter Henry on that team already. Uh, the passing scheme is sus, to say the least, as far as right now. I mean, Bill O'Brien is coming yep. in to take uh, over. Mm-hmm. And so that will be cool. But as of right now, I don't really trust Hunter Henry or, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Kosecki yeah. to get me a top 10 tight end slot. Like, I'm looking at both those as maybe, like, top 20s. Juju landed in New England. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last year, he had kind of a resurgence year. I mean, it wasn't bad. He led the wide receiver group in a lot of statistical categories in Kansas City. Can you recite those for us quick? Just yeah. those stat numbers? I, I don't know him off So, last year, he had 101 targets with Patrick Mahomes, and he caught 78 of them. Okay. He ended the regular season with 933 yards, 
but only three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Now, even with just those three touchdowns, he finished the season as wide receiver 27. Mm-hmm. So, and in the season as basically a wide receiver two if you play in, uh, you know, like bigger leagues, yep. high-end wide receiver three-ish. Right. Uh, but regardless, he's only 26 years old, and mm-hmm. he lands in an offense that's depleted of weapons. Right. Do you think Juju can crack that top 25 barrier in New England with maybe less weapons and no longer the presence of, like, a Travis Kelsey? Uh, you know, possibly. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Juju is any is close to uh, like a Randy Moss type player or anything like that. <laughs> no. But I mean, if there's something that Bill Belichick knows how to do, it's how to utilize good players. And I mean, as much as we can all shit on Juju, I mean, I think at one point in this in his career, he was a top ten wide receiver. Yep. And so I mean, when you look at it that way, I mean, shit. I mean, could he possibly be something in New England if Bill O'Brien is running the offensive handbook and making sure that everything goes to a T? I yeah. mean, possibly. I don't want to put it past him. See, like, and that's the thing. For Juju, if we're talking dynasty trades, mm-hmm. he's a guy I would trade a second-round pick for. Okay. He's a guy I would feel more comfortable giving up a 2-5, 2 Interesting. And having the upside of a 26-year-old wide receiver who could be the wide receiver one, you know, in an offense. Mm-hmm. And so Juju's a guy that I like a lot. I do think he's going to crack that top 25 barrier, but it's, he's not going to crack it by much. It's just interesting just because it was just on another one-year deal again. So uh, three-year deal. Three-year, three-year, three, $33 million. I thought I had read a one. So nope. that's cool to hear that they gave him a three. He got a big deal. He got big money. I think he's going to crack that top 25 simply because I think he's going to see around 100 targets, yeah. assuming health. And I don't think it's going to be too hard to outproduce those 78 catches. And, you know, even if he has another year where he only catches a handful of touchdowns, last year he did the same thing and ended as, you know, wide receiver 27. Yeah, I mean, if I were, if I was a fantasy owner right now, I would assume, I mean, so you said he got like 102 targets last year with the Chiefs? Uh, yes. I, I would assume that Juju would see probably around like 115. I mean, if you look at the mm-hmm. amount of targets and the amount of weapons that are on the Patriots compared to the Chiefs. Yep. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him to see an yep. extra 13 or so targets. Yep. So that's 101. So let me clarify. It's 101 targets on yeah. 78 catches. However, he did miss one game. Right. So assuming a full season, I think he should hit around those numbers. Yeah. And depending on, you know, where the statistics and where all that shit regresses for wide receivers, I think he's pretty solid, and I think he's a reliable guy to maybe be a low-end wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, when Bill... Belichick brings him in there. Like, obviously, he's bringing him in there to be the one. I mean, you don't sign someone on a 10-plus mil contract. You don't give out money like that. Yeah, especially the Patriots. So, obviously, he sees something at him. I think that they're going to utilize him to his ability, and I think he's definitely going to crack the top 25. Do you think James Robinson uh, has a significant impact on Ramondre Stevenson? Not really. I mean, I think it's going to be a good compliment, but I think that at the end of the day, Ramondre is still going to be the one on that team. And so, depending on, you know, like it's going to be interesting going into camp because, I mean, we never really get much out of the Patriots anyways as yep. far as information. Yep. But I think that Ramondre still is going to be one of those guys that can draft relatively high. I think that last year he's cracked the top 10 for uh, running back, so obviously... Going into this next season, he's going to be able to get that draft capital up there. But nonetheless, I think that I don't think that uh, James Robinson is really going to be taking much work from him. I think that at the end of the day, Ramondre has shown Bill 
or he's showing Bill Belichick and he's going to show Bill O'Brien that he can be the workhorse on that team. And at the end of the day, I, I yeah, Ramondre is going to be the one on that team. I don't, I don't see James Robinson taking yep. shit away. I can honestly see him being like one of those guys that they cut towards mm-hmm. the end of training camp or whatever. See, the Patriots, and that's actually interesting. You think James Robinson might get cut? I, I mean, he cut? could definitely be one of those guys that, like, they just bring in and they want to, like, feel him out. But, like, even, like, when he went to the Jets last year, like, he didn't really get much work. Mm-hmm. Because I know they signed him to, uh, I think it's, like, a one I think it's a two-year deal. Two-year deal. So, I think he does stay in the offense this year. And I could see him being used as, like, a goal line back to take those hits off of uh, Ramondre. But one thing I do like about the offense is the fact that they are revamping their wide receiver room. So they're bringing in guys like Juju, who has shown you what he can do. They're bringing in guys like Mike Gusecki, who has shown you what he can do. Uh, with those additional pass-catching weapons, ideally they'd be able to, they would be able to move up the field easier, mm-hmm. and they would uh, naturally land in the red zone more often. And if Ramondre can capitalize on those touches, I know last year he only had five rushing touchdowns. Right. If he can capitalize on those touches, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too far-fetched to think that he can exceed his amount of touchdowns last year. Still eclipsed maybe 900 to 1,000 yards and, um, you well, know, dude, potentially still be a top 10 running back. That that offense was uh, that offense was atrocious last year. It wasn't a good offense at all. Terrible. So, I mean, the fact that they're going to have someone who's actually capable of calling plays, actually setting up an offensive scheme and doing that whole side of the job that Bill Belichick doesn't have to have an extra eye on. Yep. I think that he, they're going to be in a really good place. I really do. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, Ramondre Stevenson, he was a what top ten in both standard and PPR. I think. Yeah. Or at least close to it. Yep. I I think he's going to stay there in that position because if they're able to utilize him in a really crappy offense, mm-hmm. I mean, I can only imagine what they're going to do with an offense that is actually uh, not like at least proficient. Let's say at least proficient. All right, and a former running back from the Northeast is uh, Devin Singletary, who just signed today on a one-year deal to the Texans. Uh, Dugo, let me ask you this. We know that Damian Pierce had a hell of a year last year on the Texans. He was their leading rusher. Do you think that Devin Singletary is going to impact, you know, Damian Pierce next year uh, with the leadership of D'Amico Ryans and uh, that San Francisco coordinator group? I mean, I think he's definitely going to take some work away from him. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily going to, you know, take away his room key and, you know, hey, you know, take a back Get seat the fuck to out. me. Like, I think that Damien still will be the one on that team. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that Devin Singletary is definitely going to be a good compliment to him. I mm-hmm. think he'll probably be more of, like, the third down back. Um, but honestly, if I'm psyched about anything about this acquisition, I'm psyched for James Cook. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, he he doesn't have his handcuff anymore. James Cook should be the one on that team on the Buffalo Bills. Yep. So I'm super excited about that. Just because, honestly, I have all three of these cats on one of my dynasty leagues. And so the weight kind of gets shifted a little bit. But I really like the upside for James Cook. Does that Damian Harris signing in Buffalo affect anything with James Cook for you? Not a bunch. Like, I think that James Cook, I think they want him to be the one on that team. Like, when I'm looking at some of, like, the interviews and stuff that uh, Bill or what's his name? Uh, Billy Bean, uh, the GM for the Bills. Oh, yeah. He said that he wants uh, James Cook to have a much elevated role this year. Um, So, I mean, I think that he's going to definitely be out there a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or Brandon Bean. Billy Bean is, uh, <laughs> yo, he, that was the GM for the athletics, uh, the Oakland athletics at one point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Brandon Bean, in some of his <laughs> interviews, he was like, yo, that, that James Cook guy, hey, we drafted him last year in the second round. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to give him more work. We're going to have him probably as a wide receiver this year a little bit more. We're going to have him in the backfield running between the tackles. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at D'Amico Ryans, what he's saying about uh, Damian Pierce and what he's saying about Devin Singletary, he's like, yo, we got two really good running backs here. <laughs> let's utilize them to a complementary roles. What and the let's stop the let's, Let's, let's stop the yard and run the ball and yeah. pound the ball yeah. and let's get some points. So. You know, speaking of behind the lines uh, and speaking of the Texans, Bobby Slawick is the nude, the newest, the nudest. <laughs> Bobby Slawick's the newest offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Uh, he comes from San Francisco. He was the passing game coordinator with uh, San Francisco for the last few years. So obviously he has that established relationship with uh, D'Amico Ryan's. And this guy is going to be the one leading the Texans offense. So you look at the San Francisco offense and you look at the fact that that's where D'Amico Ryan's also comes from. I think it would probably be safe to assume that this is probably going to be somewhat of a zone offense, a zone read offense. And I believe that Devin Singletary, who might be a tad bit faster than Damian Pierce, uh, could have some utilization within that offense uh, in a zone blocking scheme. And so I think both can be useful, but one guy I'm really excited for that a lot of people have been shitting on is Dalton Schultz, uh, the newest tight end for the Texans. Weren't you just shitting on him right before we recorded the show, Jahio? Hey, it wasn't on microphone, so it never happened. Oh. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think, can go ahead and be somewhat of like the George Kittle in this offense because that is the offense that these guys are familiar with. And I think that when you go and you bring in a high-caliber tight end like Dalton Schultz, Obviously, it's only a one-year deal. It's a, you know, take it and see. But when you think about the fact that they're also going to be bringing in a rookie quarterback, and quarterbacks who are new to a system typically enjoy utilizing their tight ends, I think Dalton Schultz is going to see a ton of utility uh, within this offense. And though it's not the sexiest landing place, it's not the Chargers like maybe, you know, a lot of us Dalton Schultz uh, dynasty owners were hoping for, it's still a location in which he's going to be uh, utilized by... A uh, guy who comes from a system that heavily utilized the tight end. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, at the end of the day, the receiving weapons they currently have on the team aren't that great. I mean, they have Robert Woods no. as one of the top wide receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm a quarterback and I have the option of throwing to Robert Woods mm-hmm. or Dalton Schultz, I'm probably tossing the ball Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Schultz. And, yo, they also traded Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks. This uh, today to the to the Cowboys. Cowboys that actually happened on Sunday. So oh, make sure you get those facts straight. Oh, well, this release is on Wednesday, so they don't know that. Yet. Uh, but moving forward, Brandon Cooks, he's in Dallas. Do you do do you care about that? that I mean, matter? I I gotta say that I care about it a little bit. Um, I think he's gonna definitely be a good two there. I think that he's gonna complement him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like everyone's kind of forgetting about Michael Gallup, though. You know, I think that he's still there. Yeah. So, uh, that's like a really good wide receiver core. I think that those three, especially, I mean, Jalen Tolbert does actually sound like he's improving uh, over the year. So, I'm excited to see where he's at at the start of this next season. 
Uh, yeah, the Cowboys seem sicko. I don't know exactly where I have Cooks as far as like a wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like putting them out there. I would have to see uh, what their plan is just because it is a new OC and everything like that. So um, don't have a ranking on him yet, but I do like the landing spot. I have a sleeper. We're going to discuss sleeper picks later this week. You know, guys who we think that can give you high upside that will cost you, you know, relatively nothing. And uh, he's a guy that I think you guys are going to enjoy my analysis on. So stay tuned in for that. Uh, But moving forward, as far as free agency goes, we covered a lot of the big moves that happened in the past week. Uh, One player we didn't really give too much attention to uh, that we just want to do a quick bit on now is DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore, he's somebody who has always performed maybe with not the most um, highest caliber of quarterback. But he's someone who now lands in an offense with Justin Fields. He has uh, complementary options like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. DJ Moore, for me, if I'm just ranking him off of his new landing spot and what I you know, just expect from the guy, I think that he can probably supersede what he did last year. He finished the season as wide receiver 24. Man, give me DJ Moore as somewhere around a top 20 receiver. I think he falls anywhere between maybe wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 20. Uh, let's call it at wide receiver 16. I think that he's going to take a step forward. Uh, playing with the best quarterback he's probably played with in his career. Uh, where do you have DJ Moore ranked next year? Shoot, man. I mean, it's just interesting. Uh, there's already two other guys on that team, so it's interesting to see where the target share is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also interesting because they do have running backs that they really like on that team as well, I feel like. So yep. it's just interesting to see where all this, uh, you know, snap share is going to go, where all the target share is going to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're probably, I, I think your assumption is right, though. I think that he probably will be around, you know, probably that top 20 wide receiver range. Yep. I, I definitely just don't have an exact number right now this early into the season. I think the big thing is you want to see what happens in the draft and you want to see the players that they bring into the system. Right, yeah, because like if they could get him some, or if they could get Justin Fields some uh, help up front on the line, mm-hmm. I think that that would definitely help out everyone, the mm-hmm. running backs, Justin Fields, and the wide receivers and tight ends. So let's see what they do. Uh, but, yeah, if they can keep making some good moves, man, I think that that Bears yeah. team is looking more and more like they could actually do something. Hey, and it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they could even bring in a fucking wide receiver. It's, that's like, who true. knows? So yeah, they could get JSN. We'll speak, or I guess we'll wait and we'll see. Uh, but speaking of, you know, young wide receivers, I want to talk about a couple of guys that we have probably spent a little bit of time on these last couple episodes. But I just want to do a 1v1. Uh, Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston are two rookie receivers that have received a shit ton of hype. Uh, both are kind of, you know, battling behind JSN as that consensus wide receiver too. Uh, if you had to pick between the two, who would you take? So it's getting hard. It's getting more difficult to, you know, tear these two apart as far as where I'm ranking them. I feel like Jordan Addison's creeping up to my number two or at least being tied for my number two. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, at least a little bit more and more as the days come. I just like his tape. When I go back to what he's doing at Pitt, it does just look silky smooth. Um, and, I mean, at the end of the day, he did still run a 4-4. I know it's a 4-4-9, but it's still 4-4. And I felt like when I first saw that, I felt like I over-exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, I mean, you got to give props to Quentin Johnson. I mean, he does have great size. It's just when I'm looking at his tape, 
I mean, when we were watching it the other day, like, you pointed out, and, I mean, I've noticed it, but it doesn't seem like he really goes up and high points the ball. Like, it looks like he just... As much as you'd like to see for someone. Right, like, he's naturally big. He's naturally big. So, I mean, he's going to be up above everyone to begin with. But, I mean, if you get one lanky safety in the NFL and you get someone who's just, you know, like, just... See, loosely jumping up to get the ball. Like, it's just interesting because that's just not the way. Like, he can go up and hop. Like, if we saw the combine, he can do it. He's That's just not the way he plays, though. He's very similar to Drake London for me. And if you all listened last season, if you are a long-time listener to Fantasy Football with Gumbo, you know that neither of us were really big on Drake London last year because he was more so a jump ball receiver. I mean, I'm not saying that's all he was limited to doing, but that was his specialty. That was his, uh, you know what I'm saying, a superpower that you relied on. With Quentin Johnston and comparing him to Jordan Addison, Addison to me is the most natural receiver, right? Like he's a Blitnikoff winner when he played with uh, when he played with Pitt. He went over to USC and was just as if not more productive. Mm-hmm. And he seems like the most bulletproof prospect. Like y'all, he is my wide receiver one. The only reason I'm putting him behind JSN for this conversation's sake is because JSN is the consensus fantasy community's wide receiver one. But when I look at Jordan Addison, dog, he's a natural receiver. I mean, he catches the ball well. He runs great routes. He's smooth off the line of scrimmage. And he does everything you expect to see from a receiver. He does it all at damn near an elite level. I know his 40 was a 4.49, so people were kind of freaking out about that. But can you think about the fact that they were disappointed that he ran a 4.49? He's one of those game speed guys. He's going to be faster in the game than he is going to be in like a straight line uh you know like a straight line dash and so he's a guy that i like a lot i think he has a ton of agility out of cuts he has great upside and he's my wide receiver one uh before this conversation's sake i would take him above quentin johnston um and i think that the nfl draft is going to reflect that as well uh right now him and jsn are kind of fighting for that spot as wide receiver one uh, as far as the nfl draft goes But speaking of rankings and speaking of young players, let's talk about these running back ranks because uh, these guys are also kind of in close competition. So obviously we have Bijan as the consensus RB1 uh, within the fantasy community, and Jameer Gibbs seems to occupy that RB2 spot. But RB3 has been, you know, a place of a ton of debate. There's tons of opinions on these players who could fill that RB3 role. And two players I want to highlight today are going to be Devin A-Chain and Zach Charbonnet. So A-Chain, he's the agility guy. He's the quick guy. He's the guy who can go and get you a 50-yard touchdown any moment of the game. Meanwhile, Zach Charbonnet is more of the, let's say, uh, DeMarco Murray type of back. Bruiser back. He's a bruiser back. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside tackles. He can catch the ball. He does everything at a pretty good level. Uh, Dugo, when it comes to these running backs, I mean, who do you prefer more between these two of Devin A-Chain and Zach Charbonnet? Give me A-Chain, dog. I just think that when you look at the two of them, I feel like A-Chain's the guy who has something that you don't see in the NFL very often. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can look at NFL roster or I could go out and, you know, look at free agency or whatever, and there's a decent amount of running backs that are 6 foot, 210, could run a six or a four six, 
Like, there's a lot of motherfuckers out there that can do stuff like that. Word. Like, he, he is athletic. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet is athletic, and I've been uh, warming up to him more and more. But Devin A-Chain, for sure, would mm-hmm. be the guy who I think is just more dynamic. I think that he can do a little bit more. He can be your start, or he can be your punt returner. He can be your kick returner. Uh, there's just so much more that I think that Devin A-Chain can do for a team. Um, I guess when you have to turn around and look at it yourself, I mean, I know that you like Zach Charbonnet. I know that you like his profile. Yeah. But, I mean, does Devin A-Chain's agility take it over the top for you, or who do you got? So, I mean, if you guys have listened to episode uh, episode 48, in which we kind of broke down some of these running backs and tight ends, I told you that I thought Devin A-Chain had really strong potential of being my RB3. That episode dropped two weeks ago, and over the last two weeks, I mean, some things have changed. I think I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet as my RB3, and I'm going to tell you why. Zach Charbonnet, as a prospect, catches the ball extremely well. Zach Charbonnet, as a prospect, runs the ball very well. As much as Devin A-Chain is a great, speedy, explosive receiver, I cannot get over the fact that Bro's only 5'9", and he weighs about 185, 190 pounds soaking wet. I don't see any NFL coach, any NFL coordinator, or any NFL offense censoring their entire offense around this guy. I think that he can be a complimentary weapon. I think that he can be an elite third down back. But I always think that he's going to be someone's lightning uh, to their thunder. I think that very similarly to another you know, smaller 5'9", 5'10", receiver like Aaron Jones, the organization that he ends up with is going to continuously try to go and get a big bruiser back who they can plug in at goal line, who they can plug in at third and one, third and two. Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, if you watched any of his film at Texas A&M, I mean, he's a, he, he, he was that guy though. He, yeah. he would be that guy for Texas A&M mm-hmm. against SEC teams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like if Devin Chain can do that, and I mean, he, he's shown you more and more times that he can churn through some tackles. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why this would be different. I think that when you're – I feel like right now we're going through kind of a switch here with the NFL. Like we have these linebackers that are about like six foot, can run four fours now. Like it's pretty crazy. But he's 5'9". Like he's three inches shorter That's than six fair. feet. I understand what you're saying, but I mean he's also a lot quicker than those guys. And I mean I there's just some things like I feel like this guy must squat like 400 pounds because you would think so. Yo, this guy just runs through tackles. Like it's it's crazy to me. Like when I watch him play, like Devin A Chain, like it's crazy. I watched his LSU game one night. I I know I've said this before, but that was the game to me. That really defined this guy as something special. I mm-hmm. mean, that was a shit ass Texas A&M team this year, mm-hmm. and he was at something special who beat an LSU team. So my thing with Devin A. Chain is that if you compare him to other receivers around his size, he's a running back, bro. Or I'm sorry, if you compare Devin A. Chain to running backs relatively close to his size, you're talking about guys like Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Alvin Kamara. Okay, those are three really great guys around his size. Those are three really great guys who obviously have that elite upside, but the common theme uh, within their NFL career is that their respective teams always try to pair them with another back. Now, I'm not saying Devin A. Chain won't be better than that other back, but when I'm comparing him to a Zach Charbonnet, who's 6'1", 220, he's always going to be kind of like the main guy. Like He's always going to be trusted with those extra touches throughout a game. 
I think that if a guy like Charbonnet is going to go ahead and see four to six extra touches a game compared to A-Chain, he's going to have more opportunities to convert those into touchdowns, which is I where mean, you kind of get that points boost in fantasy. I mean, that's all speculation. I mean, we don't even know where these guys are going to land yet, and you're already talking about how many snaps they're going to see per game. I mean, I'm I feel like that's a little bit over the type. I, I think that's a little bit over the top because I think that right now, I mean, Devin Charbonnet could go somewhere and he could see fucking 15 more snaps Devin Charbonnet? Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> Devin A-Chain could see, like, 15 more snaps and 15 more touches more than Charbonnet sees in a game. I mean... And then what are we talking about then, you know? Like, it all depends on if one of them's a starter this year, if because that's obviously how we're going to rank these guys. Listen. I mean, if Zach Charbonnet's a starter this year and Devin A-Chain isn't, all right. I mean, then I'm going to be a little pissed and oh. that's okay. But, I mean, if it's the other way around... I mean, obviously, I'm going to favor the other. But, I mean, as far as their profiles right now, just because, like I said, I think that Devin Chain gives you something special that you don't see. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's my guy. Yeah. And I take Zach because I think that he has the opportunity just to score more touchdowns. Uh, I mean, He's going to get those goal line touches, whatever. Allegedly. But that's a conversation that we'll continue to have throughout this offseason. And if you guys listen, you know we don't agree on shit. <laughs> so we'll see how this Uh, breaks down and uh, we'll probably have to revisit this topic in the future Uh, but to end this episode we still want to talk about those guys who we ramped up or who we hyped up at least in the first minute of this podcast and uh, those guys include Kendra Miller uh, and they also include Sean Tucker and Tank Bixby oh we're gonna go ahead and play a new game called start taxi and cut in which we essentially (laughs) rank uh, three players, and those will be our three players once again: and Kendra Miller, Sean Tucker, and Tank Bixby. Uh, so the theme of this game is to list the player that you would start, you list the player that you would taxi, so basically hold, and list the player who you would cut, uh, essentially sell. And of Kendra Miller, of Sean Tucker, and of Tank Bixby, my personal buy is probably going to be Kendra Miller. I will spell it out for us. Who are you starting? Who are you taxing? Who are you talking then? I'm going to start Kendra Miller because I think that he's 5'11". He's over 200 pounds. I know I keep referring to height and weight, and I keep emphasizing how important that is. But the reason that's important to me in this conversation is because I think that he's the most likely to step into an RB1 role. I think Kendra Miller is explosive. He has great contact balance. He scored 17 touchdowns on TCU. Uh, the same offense that went to the national championship, even though they lost to Georgia. And I think that he's a guy who has been exceptional since he's been in the NCAA. And I think that he probably sees no later than day two capital. Uh, My taxi would be... I'm going to take a swing right here and I'm going to say Tank Bixby. My taxi is going to be Tank Bixby simply because Auburn was a fucking terrible team last year. That offense was shit. Uh, Tank Bixby was lining up in Wildcat when the team was down 21 because they literally didn't trust their quarterback to get them explosive plays. And Tank Bixby is a guy who, you know, he's a track star in high school. He was a five-star recruit coming into into the NCAA. And he was more so a byproduct of a bad team um, as opposed to just not being good at football. I think Tank's going to be a dog. I think that he's somebody that you can go and get in the second round, and I think that he'd be a steal. I know Sean Tucker's a popular uh, running back uh, amongst a lot of people in the Dynasty community, and I understand why. He's explosive. He catches passes well. He played on Syracuse. But when I look at 
his game tape and I actually watch a full game of Sean Tucker, I'm not impressed with this consistency. There's a lot of pass drops. There's a lot of blown pass coverages. Uh, or I'm sorry, there's a lot of blown pass blocking assignments with him only being 5'9". He just gets ran over by these elite or dank DNs and outside linebackers. And I kind of worry for him in terms of can he be a like a true Austin Eckler type in which he's on the field the majority of the plays. Like, can they trust this guy to be consistent? So to recap, my start of these three would be I would start Kendra Miller. I would taxi Tank Bixby. And I would probably cut Sean Tucker. Uh, Dugo, I know that was long, uh, but tell me what you think about these guys. Yeah, no, I'll keep this short. I mean, I actually have the same order. Um, I would say the only thing that I would change up for me are not even change up, but just to add on. Uh, for Tank Bigsby, he's uh, he's one of those guys that played in the SEC for three years. So I just think that there's a lot of stuff that is just great about that. He had two years back-to-back where he had double-digit touchdowns, so mm-hmm. it just shows consistency. He just missed 1,000 yards this year by 30. Uh, so I think that there, it's just something about this kid that he's consistent. He is one of the bright spots on that team and was one of the bright spots on that team, and I think he's going to be one of those big exclamation points for a team down the road. It might take him a year to get up to the NFL speed. I mean, he did run a 4-5, which isn't mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. Um, but I, it's just going to take him a little bit to get adjusted, I think. At the end of the day, though, 100%, I think that Kendra Miller, I mean, he's just there, – there's so much that you can like about that kid. Same thing about Tank Bigsby. Yep. Not to shit on Sean Tucker or anything, but at the end of the day, I just think that if you want a running back that can go out and pass catch and yeah, I mean like he could probably run through the holes, but I just I would give the other two more of a running ability rather. The, he probably has pass catching. I'll give that to Sean Tucker, but the other two have just higher initial upside, right? And when I look at Sean Tucker, I mean he's over two hundred pounds, which is good. But I ideally see him as like a high-octane third-down running back on a good team. I don't know if this is the type of guy who's going to see a ton of touches. Obviously, we can be wrong. We don't know shit. We're not drafting these players and putting them in positions to to succeed. But regardless, yeah, Kendra Miller's probably the one. Tank Bixby, maybe the two, even though I know Tank Bixby has been getting some heat on fantasy Twitter. Mm. And uh, Sean Tucker, everyone's favorite sleeper. Uh, we probably have as the third of those three, mm-hmm. and I have Sean Tucker pretty solidly outside of my top five as far as running backs go. Right. All right, and uh, last but not least, we want to go ahead and talk about rookie sleepers, uh, guys that we think can make an impact that aren't getting as much noise. Uh, so me and Dugo will both kind of give you guys a guy that we think you should look more into. And uh, Dugo, let's start with you. Yeah, so I guess someone that I think you should look a little bit more into, um, I think... So, one of our friends actually suggested this guy to us, and I did a little analysis on him, looked into him a bit more. I had my speculations on him, uh, and that guy is A.T. Perry. Oh. So, he's a wide receiver out of Wake Forest. Uh, ultimately, I mean, my first judgment on him was I didn't love the ACC as far as football competition to start with. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to look at it for what it is, and he does play good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will uh, say is, a huge knock on him, at least for me, looking at him as a dynasty uh, player of any sorts. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's just about 23 and a half years old. And so, by the start of the season, he's going to be 24. Yep. 
So, at least to me, like, that's just a little sus if I'm trying to draft him with any sort of high capital. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, the guy kind of just gives me, like, Jalen Tolbert vibes where, like, he's pretty good. Like, he think, like he's pretty athletic. Yep. He catches some really good balls. Yep. Not the greatest team in the world, so, you know, he's probably trying to elevate them a little bit more than what's expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as am I drafting this guy in, like, the third round or something, probably not. Mm-hmm. I'm probably waiting until fourth or fifth uh, in the rookie draft to draft this guy. Uh, landing spot's going to be huge. I mean, he has a good profile. He's like two or he's like 6'2", 200 pounds or so. So, I mean, he has a good frame. Uh, ran a 4'4". Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of check marks. My biggest thing is he's just pretty old as far as, you know, like, was he just a take – I don't want this to sound sus or anything, but was he just taking advantage of the kids out there on the field? Oh, you know, being shit. being like a twenty-four year old out there, you know, mm. when there's eighteen, nineteen year olds. I mean, he's played what like five years more of football, so <laughs> I don't know, man. It just kind of sounds a little weird. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, I like the guy. I think he could be something all right, but <laughs> yo, dude, at the end of the day, that's just kind of the way I look at it. So. What about you? You got a sleeper for us? I got Deuce Vaughn, running back from Kansas State. Uh, Deuce Vaughn had a pretty crazy year in 2022. He ran for 1,500-plus yards, had nine touchdowns on the ground. He had three touchdowns through the air. And in his last two games in college, he played against Alabama and TCU, who TCU, I remind you, was in the national championship. Uh, what did he do in those games? Well, and against Alabama, he ran for 133 yards with a touchdown. And against TCU, he did it again. He ran for 130 yards uh, with the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy was productive. I know a lot of people hate him because of his size. He's 5'6". He's 176, which is why he kind of fell into the sleeper category. Because folks ain't drafting 5'6 running backs, bro. Right. But at the same time, I mean, if he's available to you in your fifth round, why not? Like, take a shot on a running back, bro. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if a team takes a shot on this guy, I mean, he, to me, he just absolutely spells out Darren Sproles. Yeah. I mean, he looks like him a little bit. He mm-hmm. cuts like him. Yeah. He runs like him. He catches like him. I mean, there's just there's a lot to like about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with that guy, man. I really am. If Deuce is available in the le- in the late fourth round or, you know, fifth round of your fantasy drafts, why not? Yeah, take a stab at him. I mean, obviously it depends on who else is available. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, Deuce Vaughn definitely is one of those cats that I could look at drafting with one of my last fifth-round picks. Hey, love it. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, my name is John. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Hey, make sure you hit that follow below to stay tapped in with us every week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Happy Peace. fishing. Peace. Yeah.